Hey, Sailorville Church. Uh, my name is Curtis, uh, welcoming you here to the Sailorville Podcast. I'm the young adult director here, sitting with John Nemers, our evangelism director, again. That's right. And Pastor Jason Jackson. Our pastor Jason Jackson. The only pastor. pastor. Two episodes in a row. We're That's here again nice. in we, these we lovely spots. <laughs> mattress right there. You guys can't see it. Woke it up like this. does get warm in here, so we slept with, just with sheets. But we're glad that you're joining us uh, wherever you are joining us. Yep. We're excited to talk about this next topic, which has been a part of our summer series, which this guy over here uh, dealt with wonderfully. Right, John? Great. You did a great job. Um which is kind of the gray area and yeah. how to make decisions in those in those areas that might not always have super clear answers. I, I was I was even if I could interject real quick. Do it. I was just I texted you and it's so true. No, no, no. Okay. After you preach. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's did. right. Because uh, I just got back from vacation. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just like this is just a compliment to you, and it was so true. Uh, I didn't feel very refreshed on my vacation, but. Sitting under you this preaching. This goes out to other people. You know, it's, on, it's, on, it's on the It just seemed like Did it was you tell a your wife vacation. that? Yeah. No, no, I think she like feels the same Like your family and in-laws and everybody's <laughs> definitely going to watch this. No, it just... Kaylee, you're just not refreshing to be <laughs> with. Sorry. She is very refreshing. She is a, she is a tall okay. glass of cold water. Okay. okay. Keep going. <laughs> she, uh, it was a great vacation. <laughs> just didn't feel refreshed. We were just so busy. Uh, but after sitting and listening to you preach, I did feel refreshed, and I do. I, I mean that. You refreshed me with the words of God, my friend. <laughs> I have a story too. I have a story very similar to that. So we were gone on a weekend away with all of our young adult leaders, yeah. and I woke up and it's like eight a.m. because we said we're not going to check out of our hotel till nine to give everybody kind of some rest. And you woke up as the as the first as the first. Starting. So, but then wow. like I'm trying to so like kind of like vacation. He was on vacation too. Yeah, he was on yeah vacation. that's yeah. what we planned for that <laughs> yeah. morning. Sleep in, and so I'm like, oh, I need to catch this, but you know, I'm not going to catch the 9:30. So, I brought you into the shower with me. Oh my goodness! Wow. And I said, uh, wow, this is really a great intro. beginning as to this topic. On there's like areas. a ledge up. The, there's a ledge. <laughs> There's a ledge way up here that's not going to get wet. But I was watching on YouTube. I was like, and I was looking at him like, I'm going to turn you so, so you, I can't see you. But <laughs> I can hear Welcome you. Welcome to the gray areas. And that's how I listen to this. So here's a good question to start off with. Do you bring the phone <laughs> into the shower so with then, you? And if you do, do you turn getting, it around so that the screen is not facing you? I'm getting out. At least it's like, oh, you brought that in there with you. And I'm like, I can't hear it otherwise. <laughs> It's true. The shower is a loud place. You can't listen to podcasts. Or but it worked. Really, it stayed dry, too. So it, uh, anyways, great It areas. wasn't FaceTime, you know. The camera doesn't work like both directions like that. <laughs> Turn it around so the screen's not facing me. <laughs> hey, who's in the shower with you, Lisa says? It was a great message. Oh, it was a great oh, message. Oh, boy. Great. So in closing... <laughs> Jason, why Bring don't you back. tell? Why don't you yeah. tell us about okay. your message a little bit? What was it about? <laughs> yeah, so boy, how do you come back from that? Um, Turn around. You know, John. Last week you, you talked about how how does God allow evil? You know, why is why does evil exist? How can mm-hmm. we reconcile a good God with things that we say are like maybe bad things or whatever from our perspective? It's such mm-hmm. a great question and a huge question, really. Just like all these ones that that we've been asking through this series. You know, why do my kids rebel and can I lose my salvation and all of these. And so this question, you know, how do I choose when the choice isn't clear? It sort of sums up a lot of these issues that I think we're talking about this summer, because some of them really come down to 
um, what we would call gray areas, which is mm -hmm. basically the definition is an, an area of life, a decision, an action, a uh, choice, what the Bible doesn't speak absolutely to. There's mm -hmm. no specific command mm -hmm. to do or to not do this or that. And uh, so we call those gray areas. You know, there's ethical gray areas, there's moral gray areas. We're talking about those gray areas that biblically the mm -hmm. Bible doesn't say, thou shalt or thou shalt not. And honestly, guys, and this is part of why this is such a difficult thing to talk about, um, there aren't quite as many absolutes or commands or thou shalt or thou shalt not as we, we want there to be, mm. right? Most of life, at least in my life, and probably most of the people that are listening to this, if we really thought about it and started to make a list of the things that we choose or do or decide mm -hmm. or whatever every day, mm -hmm. most of them are not directly spoken to in like a chapter and verse in the Bible. And so... The question is, what do we do when the Bible doesn't speak directly to whether or not I should get a tattoo or what I should have for breakfast or where to send my kids to school or whether I should, you know, read this or that or post this or that or wear this or that. So, you know, I saw a picture of you on vacation with no shirt on and I just wondered right away, is this a gray area? Jeez, where is this going? <laughs> right back to the same. Right back to the Actually, shower. Look at that. I did take that picture down. I felt convicted. Really? I really wow. did. Oh I really did. And honestly, so so I was kind of joking, but maybe God <laughs> really go. this was is providential. This is not the world. <laughs> we didn't even talk about this. So honestly, so so you so actually I'd taken it down the day before, but you said something in your message that like totally affirmed my own conscience. So I I was thinking through that and I was like, man, should I post this and I posted it. And I was like feeling guilty about it. To be it. clear, it's a picture of John with his kids. With my kids. On, on the, the beach. beach. And he's, you know, he's wearing shorts. They're... Yeah, I just have my shirt okay. off. Yeah. On the beach, in Florida, on the ocean. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, thank That was good. That I don't was know good what people are assuming. Yeah, They're yeah. all going to search That's for John saying. on Facebook or whatever. <laughs> We're making John look there like anymore, a... <laughs> so You won't find anything. Uh, and so I, I felt convicted of that. And so I, I even asked my wife after I posted, I was like, is this something I should have up here? And she goes, I mean, just you're having you're you're on vacation. You're on the beach with your family. It's not a big deal. And so I was like, okay, whatever. Uh, and so I kept it up there. And then I ended up taking it down on Saturday. And and then you said something on your message that affirmed in my unconscious. Okay, so this is that was the right decision. You said, I can't remember what it was exactly, but you said uh, something along the lines of. Um, uh, what are you posting or something about you just made like a sidebar sure, comment sure, yeah. about posting. And I was like, yeah. oh, it was like a dagger right to the soul. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not to say that that's wrong for everyone. But no, and that's actually account, a great yeah. illustration, really. And yeah. it's sort of a God thing that we're talking about this because I had no idea that. And I, yeah. you know, I brought it up just as a joke or whatever, <laughs> but thinking that there was no issue there at all. But what you're saying is that God convicted you, mm -hmm. okay, convinced mm -hmm. you, maybe mm -hmm. we would say that that wasn't the wisest thing to do. Yeah. And you're not saying for everybody else they shouldn't do that either. Yeah. You're saying for you in your conscience, which right. as believers is, mm -hmm. is really led by the Holy Spirit, right? right. Uh, in your conscience, in faith, you couldn't allow that picture to stay up. Right. And so you took it down, which is a great call. And and it it might not be the same result for everybody right. when, when they post a picture like that. Yeah, there are certain categories mm -hmm. I was going through in my head, like, okay, who am I? Uh, um, who, you know, what is my job? So, like, I'm on staff. I'm starting to go through all these categories and whatnot in my, in my mind, and that played into the conviction. But I think this even plays into a deeper uh, um, element here where 
I think I heard it first from Francis Chan of all people. When mm. I first got saved and I was like 19 or 20 years old, mm-hmm. uh, he said, and he said he got it from someone else, of course. Uh, but he said, when the spirit convicts you, make sure that you obey the spirit right away. Because if you don't, or if you're reading in, in your Bible and you're convicted or you're listening to a message and you're convicted or, you know, just naturally you're just convicted about something and you just ignore it, he said, if you do that, it will become easier and easier to quench the spirit in that mm. sense. And eventually you'll just grow callous towards yeah. him. And so I probably, I play, I probably played, and probably I did play the role of quenching the spirit for those because I did feel that conviction for those first couple of days. Mm. And then kind of just ignored it until God brought it back up a couple of days later. Like, mm. no, this is something you need to do. Yeah. Mm. And uh, yeah. yeah, so it's a good That's, example. It is a great example. I just thought you were wearing a shirt with a head spray painted the muscles on it and stuff. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't even mean to go there, but <laughs> they're gone now. We went full, there. after a full week of vacation and eating. Those are non-existent anymore. Uh, but John, actually, you, you brought up, uh, you said a word, you know, what are the categories that I use? What are the questions mm. that I ask? Mm. And it's such a great intro, really, to what we should be doing whenever mm-hmm. we make decisions. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we make thousands of decisions every single day. Most of them we don't even realize we're making, right? We blink, we breathe, we, you know, we swallow, all those types of things that we don't even know that we're doing because subconsciously we're, we're just okay with them. But we do make several decisions every day that we are consciously thinking through, 70, 100, 150, some people say. So how are we making those decisions? What are the categories, filters, you might say, that you're using to make um, better decisions, really? And uh, I think the Bible does speak to those Mm -hmm. things, and we kind of covered some of them. You can't can't go through all of them probably in a 30 five or six minute message 28 uh, there's communion yeah <laughs> he's not bitter <laughs> you were getting on an airplane right afterwards yeah. though so. <laughs> so you can't cover all of them so you've got to hit some of the biggies and yeah. that's sort of where we went on sunday talk us through what the preparation what was like for you well how did you yeah how did you prepare and where did your mind go yep. in preparing for a big thing like this sure so for those of you that aren't familiar with Sailorville or, or aren't one of our regular attenders or here every week or whatever, watching online every week, John is our evangelism director, preaches uh, often, but not every week, right? right. Um, once, every, once every couple months. And I'm sort of in the same boat as our discipleship pastor. And we love it when we do it. It's, it's, mm-hmm. great, it's a great process, really. And uh, we really enjoy it. And um, it's part of how God sanctifies or, or makes us holy, grows us. Uh, knocks off some of the rough edges, um, but the process is really very, very good. Uh, pastor Pat Nemers, our lead pastor, preaches you know the majority of the time, seventy, maybe seventy-five percent of the time or so. But we have several guys that get a chance to do that every once in a while, mm-hmm. and it's really good for us. And um, the process is difficult sometimes when you only preach every once in a while, and especially you can speak to this maybe too. But in a message that's not built off of one specific passage, right? right? We talked about that last podcast yeah. about how it's a little bit more—I don't know—difficult, but it takes longer, and that, it's a good part of the process when you have to say, "What does the difficult. whole of the Bible say about this issue?" Rather than, "What does this passage say about whatever it's talking about?" Yeah. So it's a good part of the process when you have to synthesize or combine, align what all of Scripture mm-hmm. is saying yeah. about this. And really, that's what the series is all about, right? There isn't a chapter and verse for these questions, and so we're kind of 
were kind of doing systematic theology and said biblical theology really in mm. in each of these questions. Yeah. So personally, um, yeah, I think John said it last time. When if it doesn't, if if the word of God's not impacting you and not changing you and mm-hmm. not doing some surgery, you know, sharper than a two-edged sword, not cutting you and healing you a little bit and cauterizing mm-hmm. you before, mm-hmm. um, then you're really being a hypocrite. Because mm-hmm. as a as a teacher, as a leader, as a as a as a preacher, maybe even, um, you're really sharing God's words and 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 trying to urge people really to to obey what they see in God's character as you said last time and God's word that reveals his character and so if we aren't transformed and it doesn't happen like that but mm-hmm. if we don't begin that transformation mm-hmm. process then my goodness you're such a hypocrite by telling other yeah. people to do it and you know this is not where this podcast is going but i i think there's been so many guys and and lord please protect us from this right please mm-hmm. that um forget the importance of practicing what they are preaching yeah, literally that's good um we preach something and then a couple of weeks later find out that it's it's not true in our lives yeah. or we're very passionate about something that we're telling other people to do and then it comes out later in an article or a mm-hmm. facebook post yeah. or something that wait a minute you you don't do that yeah you know and some of these are scandals and some of them are career change changing decisions that we make and so anyway that's why well, this this whole topic is so very important even for mm-hmm. us as, as church leaders what's what's wisdom in gray areas i think that's a great point uh i think that's a necessity right i think that's a sign of an unhealthy church if the preacher is not being influenced or impacted with his own message before he preaches it to uh, uh his congregation i'm just preparing for a sermon right now and it's a van- it's a very evangelistic sermon. It's about the riot in Ephesus, and I'm just walking through this point that I was working through about, you know, really trusting that this is a supernatural message, and it and it convicted me in the moment. Like oftentimes, I'm I'm it's I'm very quick to believe that this message I have, uh, if I present it to someone, someone might get saved. But man, do I really believe that this message I have can save an entire city. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, my mindset is like, yeah, no, that's convicting. I really don't. I don't have that kind of faith. And Lord, give me that faith. Um, so that's really good. So what is? So what was that uh, point in your message, or maybe multiple points, that was like, oh, yeah, that's really convicting for me. For me, for me it's usually like one or two that I'm going through. It's like, holy smokes, that's that I needed that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, and, and for me, too, we sort of joked with you that didn't sort of didn't click until you know, later on in the week, it was similar with me. And I think that's what it came down to is what is God really trying to teach me in this? Mm. And I've got to, I've got to believe it. I've got to speak passionately. And that doesn't mean just loudly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm not like a high school coach that just yells at his kids during halftime and they go out and do something. It's not motivational here. We're not just giving Zig Ziglar speeches. It's, yeah. it's actually inspirational. We're, I don't know we're who talking Zig about is, motivational speaker. <laughs> I don't either. It's look okay. him up. Jeez, am I, are you? We're the same age, aren't we? Yeah, guys? we totally are. It's fine. Okay. I'll look, look up, up motivational speaker, and hopefully none of our faces are, <laughs> are, are on the Google images or whatever you know. But we're not just motivating. Right. There's there's a subtle difference there in our in our language, but it's actually a massive difference. Motivation is you know almost forcing something from the outside. Inspiration is 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 um, moving something from the inside out mm-hmm. and so we're inspiring um, through through the message of God's word and so mm-hmm. for me it didn't hit until later in the week this is what God is teaching me and it really came 
in a meeting that you were in, mm-hmm. and you skipped again. Uh, <laughs> hey, always. I was on always. vacation. You were on vacation. <laughs> You're on Name vacation. the last time you've been in a discipleship <laughs> yeah. meeting. It's been a while. Uh, <laughs> John was on the beach being refreshed. I, got a, I had a Bible study the time before. That's true. <laughs> the time before. As long as he's being refreshed shirtless. So, <laughs> so the, um, the quote... That God had already sort of been been throwing in little pieces into my mind from scripture and from conversations, but what really sort of congealed it was when one of our interns, Emily Rodert, said what I th- what I think God was trying to teach me and and all of us in ways that I just thought was so memorable, so transferable, so clear and concise. Basically, mm-hmm. she said, you know, talking about what she's learning this summer as as one of our interns, she said, God's just cho- just just showing me that I need to choose to follow Him faithfully, to mm-hmm. focus on faithfulness every day hmm. rather than worry about my future he's going to de- yeah. he's going to figure out the details of the future right yep. so i need to focus on faithfulness <laughs> rather than focus on my future and mm-hmm. and those details and i thought that's really where it's at mm-hmm. we need to be we need to be focusing on obedience living every day in a life of you know we call it worship here mm-hmm. um, just pointing to jesus in, in everything that we do uh, and and in a sense then now, this is where it gets a little fuzzy to some people, but in a sense, when we're focusing on faithfulness, the exact decision may not matter all that much, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Our, our heart motivation, our posture, if we're living in faithfulness and, and in love for God and love for others, yep. then the, the exact decision, let's be honest, they're not all big decisions, right? The exact yeah. decision that we make doesn't maybe make as big of a difference as we think. So. Yeah. That's where that's where people would say, you know, just, just go, just don't be paralyzed by, by, um, by perfection right. or by fear. Just do something. Yeah, I think you said it like God you used the word dependence, right? It, it in your sermon you said maybe maybe God is more worried about our dependence on Him than the exact decision, mm-hmm. yeah. which would be exactly what Emily was saying. Yeah, and that is true in so many. It, right. It's it's even beyond gray areas. Yeah, it's yeah, like we talked about last podcast, yeah. kind of. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was just gonna say that's that that really is your true north. Yeah. Right. I mean, that is so. Kaylee and I, my wife and I, were having a conversation last night about uh, where we're gonna send our son to first grade. Mm. There it is. Uh, yeah. Cool. Which school though? Yeah. It's just yeah. like okay, we're gonna send him to Des Moines school. We're gonna send him to St. L. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. and we're having a little bit of a crisis moment. Like, ah, oh, are we too late? Like, are we gonna switch him over? Then yada yada yada. And I think we really did settle on that. It's like, no matter which decision we make, like, are we, if we send him to quote unquote the wrong school, yeah. uh, does that mean that that just like does away with God's faithfulness? That he does, does away with his goodness? Like, no, that the true north is okay, no matter which area I go, we're still going towards trusting in God's faithfulness, yeah. not trusting in the school district or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. That's so worldly in many ways. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's really good because we we um, we do believe in God's sovereignty, which means He's got a plan and a will, right? Mm-hmm. And and one por- one part of that God's sovereignty is that He has planned very specific things, His His will of decree. Mm. And then there's another part of that sovereignty, sort of a different side of that definition, that says 
Yeah, but we have we have free choice. He, he hasn't made us robots. We actually yeah. get to choose. And it's a little bit like what you said. When we choose to love God, it's actually showing that we love him instead of him telling us, you must love me. Yeah. Well, that's not real love. You know, that's guilt or fear or something yeah. like that. So um, so we, we have a hard time with that idea that every decision that I make isn't decreed by God. And if yeah. I choose black over white or red over green or McDonald's over Burger King or I was going to say Chick-fil-A, but that's that's not a that's, gray area. That's the Lord's you know, chicken right there. <laughs> that's right. You know, <laughs> we choose Chick-fil-A over everything. Um, that's the Lord's will, obviously. I'm um, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, but not. But not. <laughs> Monday through Saturday, it's the Lord's will. On Sunday, it's yeah. God's will to you go to You should be in church on Sunday. You don't, even, <laughs> yeah, right. you don't even need to pray before you have Chick-fil-A. It's already blessed. That's right. But that's why we get so paralyzed sometimes, because we think... And God does have a decree, right? God does have a will. But we yeah. think, oh my goodness, if I... Now, let's, let's talk about the biggies. If I send my kid to this school over that school, then God's going to just be so un, unhappy with me. Mm-hmm. Or for the rest of my life, he, he, we've, we've taken half a step away from God's will, and that's going to lead us onto this path that right. we'll never get back. Right. And we'll never be in God's will again. You know, yep. we use that phrase. Or here's an even bigger one, right? What if I marry the wrong person? Right. Yeah, that's what I was just going to mm-hmm. say. Right? Yeah. Or what if I choose the wrong career? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe those are important decisions, and you, and you can't take any of those flippantly, lightly. But maybe God is more concerned yeah. about your daily dependence than He is about the specific choice that you make. I'm a little bit of a a maybe this isn't the right way to put it, but a hopeful fatalist in that. And when it comes to marriage, I, I say, you know, I, I I like the way Matt Chandler put it when I was before I was married, uh, and you know, you know how I know I chose the 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 love of my life or the the one you know that my one mm-hmm. true love uh, it's because i'm married to her right right so like yeah. that's how i know i could have married someone else and that would have been the one i was supposed to be with yeah. right so it's just it's that whole aspect of look god who you choose now there are like what you're saying there are big decisions that are wisdom decisions that have to be made right so don't marry this person because they're not a christian Right. There are absolutes in that question. Right. Sure. Yes. Yeah. That that would With be many questions too. <clears throat> That's right. right. Yeah. And then and then even further ones that could be gray areas like, um, you know, well this person has a personality that doesn't get along with mine necessarily. That could be a gray area. Like, well, okay, does that necessitate that you don't marry that person? I don't know, you know, but either way Mm -hmm. you're trusting in once you're in it, then you're in it and God's faithful. He's good. He'll see you through. He'll sanctify you. He'll, he, he, knew before the beginning of time that you were supposed to be with that individual for many reasons that you don't even know why yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I th- I don't know if this happens all the time, but maybe for some people, you 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 pray about something, you ask God's wisdom, you're, you're in the Word, you're trying to live faithfully, you ask a, a set of questions, you make a decision, and then something seems to go wrong in that decision. Let, let's just take the married thing, right? Mm-hmm. So you've tried to do everything right, you've, you've stayed pure, you've, you've asked God, you've asked community, you're really trying to live out the gospel, and then you wake up a week into your marriage and you have a, you have an argument, you have a fight. And for some people, the first thing that comes in their mind, my guess, all right, my guess is, oh my goodness, did I just make a mistake? Uh-huh. Did I marry the wrong person? Uh-huh. And I, I think maybe that's why so many people have trouble right away in relationships, uh-huh. because we we freak out and we get paralyzed and we ask the question, am I out of God's will by marrying this person? Uh-huh. And Chandler or whoever and other people would say, Look over in bed. If if you made all those que- if you asked all those questions, you're following God. That person is the one that it was God's will for you to marry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know that you're you're all right. Yeah. You're okay. Now it's hard work, 
Yeah. And there's no perfect marriage. There's no perfect job. There's no perfect school. There's no perfect right. whatever. So what would you say? So here's a question for you, Jason and Curtis. Uh, what would you say to people that do view world do view the world as simply black and white. They don't like, they make their decisions. Everything is either an absolute wrong or an absolute right. And there's no, they don't leave room for any gray area. What, what's the dangers of, of uh, looking at the world like that? Well, first of all, I think some people have that kind of personality a little bit more than others. Some, some people are a little more boxy. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's a generational thing. My personality—I mean, I'm a super young guy, like you guys, yeah. right? Yeah. But You're I, boxy. But I tend to—I tend to be a little more boxy. I tend yeah. to like—you know—my workbench has like 12 drawers, and I know exactly what's in each drawer and stuff. Other people—they're not like that. Everything's on the workbench, and they—you know—they'll mm-hmm. take 30 seconds to find something when they want to find it. Mm-hmm. Other people don't even know what a workbench <laughs> is. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, that's me. So I think we have to be careful to say. Um, you know, that there's right and wrong in, in how God has, has actually created us. Some people mm-hmm. lean more towards the gray areas, everything's a gray area. Mm-hmm. Some people lean more towards mm-hmm. the everything's got a right and wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think most of life is a, is a right and wrong answer. Most of life. There are mm-hmm. absolutely things in life where you are, you are in sin, you are making a terrible decision, you will have all kinds of regrets if you go this direction, right? right? And we talked about that in the message. Is there a command to follow? That's like the that's the number one question after, right. am I living faithfully? If you disobey the command, you, it's, it's, it's over, right? Yeah. I mean, there's forgiveness and stuff, but you've made a bad decision. So um, the danger is assuming that that more things are black and white than really are. Yeah. And, and now this is personal with me. In, in my life, when I take things that are gray areas... And I'm, which we can call preferences at times, mm-hmm. and I make them convictions, mm-hmm. right? Here's here's a preference or even a principle, and I turn that into a conviction. Now I've done something that's above and beyond what the Bible allows me to do, yeah. and especially, I don't know if this is worse or if it's you know some somehow in the same. Especially when I say, well, Curtis, I have this conviction to do or to. It's more like to not do this, to not drink this, to not post this. The I, I've decided that's a black and white issue in my mm-hmm. life. I will never do, and you should never do it either. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if the Bible doesn't... I, I'm out of my league here, right? But if the Bible doesn't speak to that mm. specifically, then I don't have much of a right to to put that on Curtis. Because yeah. I'm not the Holy Spirit in his life. I'm not his conscience. I have to accept him. I can't judge him in a, in a spiritual kind of way. Right. And I've got to allow God to deal with him. Because you may post a picture of yourself on the beach... And it and and the spirit convicts you, and it's a problem. Right. I might post that same picture. No big deal. The spirit. I'm living faithfully, just like you're living faithfully. Right. I'm trying to be modest, just like you're trying to be modest. Uh, and the spirit has not told me. You you better take that picture down. And the right. spirit tells you, you can't come to me and say, dude, I saw you. I saw you had a picture with your kids on the beach. Dude, that's, I did it. You that's wrong. It. Yeah. You know, which actually I started the podcast by telling you that you should take that picture down. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> to, I, to which you said you did. <laughs> I think that's a great point. And even a hitting on both sides, because it really does get into uh, coming off as a Pharisee in that yeah. sense. Right. I mean, so yeah. you're, you're judging people in an area that doesn't necessarily need to be judged in. And on the other end, the positive side of that, when you do have a a strong conviction about something, let's say drinking, um, you have a strong conviction against drinking in your own life. 
I I know some individuals in our church who have a strong conviction about something, and yet they are wise mm. and loving enough to do exactly what you said in the sense that they don't they're not going out and judging people. Right, and right, those right. are some of the most refreshing people ever. It's not the mm-hmm. ultra gray area it's not the ultra liberty because those people kind of get on my nerves too a little bit you know like oh we have christian liberty and let's just do whatever we want and you're like oh my goodness uh but the people who are super convicted about certain things and yet still love on those who practice certain christian liberties i have just i i i emulate i I want to emulate them i want to be like them i Mm -hmm. i I look at them as an appall in a paul sense like hey look at me as i as i chase after christ like that's Mm -hmm. what i want to be like i want to have these strong convictions and yet have the wisdom as to when to know how to walk through somebody with that like hey maybe this is actually a wiser thing for you to consider you know, maybe right. I have reasons for why right. I have convictions about this. Right. Um, but I, yeah, those people are awesome and I love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're all over our church. It's a great, great word. Yeah. The opposite of that, I think, would run the risk even too of adding to what we think the gospel is, right? Because we start yeah. to get so wrapped up in the black and whites that we, maybe mostly unintentionally, but in our heads, add those things as gospel truth. Mm. So if I look at Jason's life and he has X, Y, Z in his life, then I then I say, because that's my conviction so strongly so, there is no way he could ever be right with the Lord. Yep. Yeah. And I, yep. I, don't, I don't think, especially in the way that I grew up and everything, like I don't know that that's always intentional, but the question was, what is the danger of black and white? Yeah. When you get so into it, I think you unintentionally, and maybe even to God's Word, where we say, yeah, God's Word doesn't speak this or say this, but I'm going to act like it does. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. A good point. It, that's a great way to say that. I, you know, sometimes we use the word legalism yeah. to talk about the idea that people, um, that Christians will do good works mm-hmm. um, in order to gain some kind of standing before God out, above and beyond salvation, right? Mm-hmm. So the Bible says you, you, don't, you, you can't work for your salvation, but sometimes we try to work in order to keep our salvation. Yeah. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. legalism is. Maybe that's, well, this is a conviction or a black and white issue, and the Bible doesn't speak to this, but I'm going to make it a conviction, I'm going to make it a command. I'm going to make it an absolute so that I can have better standing before yeah. God. Uh, that's that's easy to do. Yeah. Because honestly, when you make something a black and white issue, it's a whole lot easier to make that decision. Yeah. And so our tendency is to take these gray areas and not do the hard work and not take time to ask other people and not mm. try to figure out what the gospel compels me to do mm. and just to make a decision. And sometimes we excuse it by saying, well, it's a black and white issue. And a lot of times they're not. So what do you do as a pastor, Jason, um, when somebody comes up to you or emails you or texts you or calls you or whatever, and they are clearly seeing a gray area as a black and white issue? Like, how do you deal with them personally? I mostly send them to guys like you, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) His office is right down there. (laughs) No, I think, you know, shepherding sort of by definition means that you spend time with people, that you care for people, that you love people, and and we're called to be shepherds. Church leaders are called either by position or by giftedness to be to be shepherds. And so mm-hmm. just like a maybe a, a godly parent is a good illustration, just like a shepherd would at times take that sheep, take that individual, and put your arm around them and walk through some of these questions, some of these principles, 
um, instead of instead of right away saying you you are an idiot you yeah. should not be doing this now there are times to do that with people right there are times to say yeah. enough is enough you are you are not being you're being a fool yeah. right now um, but I think for the most part you've got to you've got to be patient you've got to let love compel you mm. to be with that person and look at them in the eye and listen because they they may have reasons that you don't know about that are motivating them to make that decision and if you don't have any background or context or whatever you might come down hard and you may end up hurting them or turning them away if it's an absolute absolutely talk to them about that yeah. right um and i would even walk people through these questions uh, or questions like it that we talked about on sunday you know yeah. is there a command what what, is, what does love compel me to do what's christ's example what does yeah. my community say what does the gospel constrain me to do or convince me to do yeah I, you have a question? I was going to say something if you don't. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, um, and maybe we need to wrap up here soon, but I was just going to say, even if we can quickly maybe just rattle off some of those, and maybe we can all do this, mm-hmm. what are some of those gray areas? Because I do feel like it's helpful, especially for maybe people wrestling with maybe they even have more of a black and white view on the world to hear what godly, trustworthy, and I'm putting you guys, and I think I'm godly and trustworthy, but I'll, I'll deflect to you guys. I know <laughs> you guys are godly and trustworthy. Uh, uh, what, what you guys see as gray areas that can be wrestled with, that you may even see more as black and white, but you would say, yeah, they're kind of gray areas. I mean, what, what kind of jumps out into your head? Hmm. I'm gonna let Curtis uh, make you know <laughs> make his I ask the question make so his I public list back and I don't have to say anything. Oh my word! <laughs> yeah, right. We'll edit this out if there's something that doesn't uh, sound right afterwards. Shirtless photos, <laughs> <laughs> listening to sermons in the showers. Well, those are the two we've talked about already. So let's just end there. <laughs> um, I think alcohol is huge. Yeah. Divorce is huge. Uh, I'm reading a book on transgenders right now. Mm. Homosexuality is huge how we love uh, people. I think even the question, which may be a question that could be its own sermon, but how do we love people who fall on the other side of sure. these gray areas? Um, am I supposed to just shun them? I feel like that, like so Christian... Sorry, go ahead. You're saying how we interact right. with, with yeah, transsexual. How we respond how to we people, respond to people who us. disagree with us. Yeah. Christians have horribly yeah. done that this year horribly myself included like just trying to understand and listen and um yeah what else am i missing you know like traditionally okay and i'm not sure that we're all here anymore but you know what's the old line like don't smoke drink or chew or run around with people that do you know that that kind of thing yeah i don't that's that's just a cliche pithy line but it, it it goes to show that there are those types of activities that have traditionally been viewed in some circles as, oh my goodness, you, you can't do that. Can you, you pl- you're playing with actual playing cards, you know? That's Don't you know what people do with those? You go yeah. to movies, don't you know the movie industry yeah. supports? You know, those are, the, those are the types of gray areas that we used to talk about in mm-hmm. some circles, and, and probably some still do. Yeah. And here's the thing, to some people, again, this is a conscience issue. Right. Yeah. So if I'm walking faithfully, and I look at the movies that are coming up, and the Holy Spirit is saying to me, as I'm asking these questions, right. um, you, pr- you shouldn't go to that. Right. And I go, that's sin. Right. Mm. Yep. Because I've been convinced 
in my conscience, the Holy Spirit as a believer, that I should not do that. Right. Now, to me, I, I can go and watch, you know, Bambi in the theater or whatever, <laughs> and it's no big deal. <laughs> and it's just a different... It, it's, so for me, it's not a gray area. Yeah. yeah. Right? So even making a list, I know what we're getting at here because we want people to think through these things, but making a list is a little bit um, abstract because it's different yeah. for everybody. Like yeah. vaccines. Vaccines this year, is huge. That hit Masks, me totally differently than mm-hmm. it ever would have. But why? Because I'm a healthcare worker. Yeah, sure. So watching and listening to responses like emotionally weighed on me. And words that people threw out into the atmosphere, whatever context, I was just like, are you sure that Jesus would do that? Like, I'm okay that your conviction is this or that. Obviously, God doesn't say get vaccinated or not. But are you sure? Like, are you positive that this is the hill that you want to die on? Because I have a world that I could show you that you don't even know. Yeah. And that, and that transfers into every different area, right? Yeah, that's like, where wisdom comes into play, I think. That's the whole thrust of all of this. It's a, it's a great statement, and you, you sort of threw it out there. Is that the hill you want to die on? Yeah. Okay, so that, let's, just, let's end there and just remind people that the hill we want to die on yeah. is the gospel. Jesus. It's, it's, it's love, Jesus right? It's Jesus. It's God's character. The hill I want to die on is yeah. not whether or not I should wear a mask in church if the yeah. government allows me to do it or not do it. The hill I want to die on is not... Now, I can be passionate about whatever I want to be, yeah. but when I say thou shalt or thou shalt not on things that the Bible has not... Yeah. That shows how I grew up, like you know, King James, which is maybe another. A lot of this area, episode right? has—I've said that a lot. The same I, age yeah. as us. Don't <laughs> this episode has yeah, you know, the guys in our age group. You know, we we speak like that. I don't think you could do um, it any better. I think that's—I think that's the key. It's not the yeah. issue itself. No, it's how you're living, and then what Curtis brought up: how you're dealing with people that disagree with you. Mm-hmm. That is so key. How you're living, dependent on God. And how you're dealing with people that disagree with you. That's probably where we need to land instead of let's put the issue yeah. up here and start to fix and try to fix the issue. Yeah, I, I was listening to these two, uh, um, I won't say their names, but two well-known guys mm-hmm. uh, having a dispute uh, over the Internet. And they're two theological guys over a theological issue. Uh, and and it is one that is a gray issue. And... Um, one of them on the more, I don't know what you would want to call them, conservative side, you know, started casting out very strong language towards the other one on the yeah. other side. Yeah. And, uh, and the response that this guy had was, was extremely loving in the sense that, and he made exactly what you guys are saying. He's going, what we're doing right now is we are making this open hand, gray, whatever you want to call it, issue, uh, the cornerstone. And when you go to scripture, what is the cornerstone mm. of our faith? It is Christ. It mm. is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you could even take it another level, you know, in the sense to say, all of these open hand issues, sometimes from an evangelistic perspective, sorry, I always go back to evangelism probably oh boy. too much, but there goes again. <laughs> but honestly, sometimes it's these gray issues mm-hmm. uh, that you may have a different view on that somebody who's an unbeliever just can't reconcile mm. how how I can believe in two of these things at the same time. Like, let's just say drinking, because that's kind of the obvious one. Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot drink, you cannot drink. There is an unbeliever out there who's going, I can't reconcile believing in Christianity because there's this world that just says you can't drink, and I don't see that in Scripture. I don't see how that's even logical. Yeah. 
And so for somebody else to come, let's just say theoretically that drinking is it is wrong in that sense. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying let's just say that it is actually wrong and that person who is holding that view is correct. Mm-hmm. Then the person who comes alongside of them and says, hey, it's actually a gray area in the sense that you you can still believe in the cornerstone. You can still believe in Jesus and, and be saved and find the true hope of your salvation in Jesus here. Uh, then providentially, this guy was arguing, providentially, isn't this, isn't that in God's wisdom to kind of say, hey, I've created a world in which, which sometimes I've allowed people to be wrong. That's mm-hmm. right. To bring people into the kingdom. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Um, that's so right. if it's a gray area, then it's, then it's uh, something that we cannot hold as the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. So good. Yep. Any last words for us as we wrap up here? I think just this idea that, you know, James 1, 5, right? If anybody lacks wisdom, which, which is all of us, like every day, then let him ask of God and God will give it to him freely, liberally, like, like cup mm-hmm. runneth over kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when, we, when we're faced with choices, why in the world wouldn't we ask for wisdom? We, we pretend like we know everything. Uh, and when we land in a decision that seems like it's been wrong, then, you know, then we wring our hands and say, why in the world did I make that decision? Or how come that decision turned out this way? And some of it is because we never asked God in the first place. And so when that, that's been really, um, impacting me this last week is in the decisions that I make little ones, big ones, whatever, uh, am I asking God for wisdom and why wouldn't I, if, if I knew that he was going to give it to me, it's a promise he's going to give it to me. So, so good. Let's just start there. Yeah. yeah. Let's just start there and then deal with people that disagree with us with, with grace because they're probably asking God for wisdom too. Yeah. That's good. Let's do this. We don't normally do this on this podcast, but I feel led to pray for our people. God would give wisdom and uh, then we'll close it out. Yeah. God, we ask that um, you would just give so much grace, grace and truth um, to the people of Sayleville Church to and beyond to the people yeah. who are listening here. God, I just ask that we, we need wisdom. We need your wisdom. We need spirit power as we interact with those around us, the world around us, those who don't know you. And I just ask that you would um, go before us, in, even in this discussion, God, that to the ears um, that are listening, you would use your spirit to transform their minds and their hearts and their thinkings, and that you would do the same in us, God, that we would see your kingdom here mm and that we would look more like you mm. as we interact each day with the people around us and in these different areas, God, that you would just overflow in us and that we would respond in a loving but truthful way. And uh, we often don't know what that is, and so we need your wisdom and we need your grace and we need your truth, God. May your word be the anchor uh, for our hearts and our souls, God. And we love you, and it's so good to have this conversation together, and we just ask for more wisdom, and it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys, for having this conversation. Thank you. It's fun. It has definitely stretched my mind. There you go. So we love you guys. Uh, thanks for joining us wherever you are. Yeah. We'll catch you on the next podcast.